Secret Friends Unite! Welcome to the Secret Friends Unite podcast, episode 321. This is your guide to the geek side, and I'm your host, Todd Oxtra, taking you on this extravagant journey into the world of nerd with my co-host, Charlie Carden. Ah, Sunday, Sunday. Isn't that how that song goes? Anyway, I'm having a great day. How's everybody doing? Doing fantastic. I think we're even doing even better because we've got a new secret friend joining us on this episode, and that is Mr. Alex Ignatiev. How are you, buddy? Fantastic, Todd. How are you doing? Good, good. Well, Charlie uh, recommended you to come on the show. Uh, we were looking for someone that was uh, familiar with Invincible, and you came on. You saw the bat signal raised, and you were joining us today. So you and Charlie go back, your friends uh, growing up, and he thought you'd be a great addition to the show. So we're glad to have you on. Um, so with that, though, tell us how you became uh, – well, like, tell us your secret nerd origin. Uh, oddly, it was – comic books of course um and, so i you know, yeah and robotech uh of course you know many uh many youths my age charlie's age you know we were same generation right so mm-hmm. one of those uh kid things we used to do is wake up early on a sunday morning and watch robotech on the uh i'm trying to remember which channel it was in grand rapids but you know six in the morning and uh, I was reading comic books. I'd gotten into X-Men right around the time of uh, uh, the Marvel Mutant Massacre, so 1983, 84. Uh, 80, 87, I think. What time wasn't that, 87, 86, 87? Around then, yeah. Yeah. I, I, think, I, was, yeah, I always get that and Extinction Agenda and all those mixed together. So Yeah, gotcha. Um, but, you know, like – and I had a, a good friend friend of the family who he had been collecting comics with his sons for years and uh he was also the priest at my parish so you know i had like uh my parents were sort of anti-comic book and but the priest read comic books with his kids so all of a sudden i had access to all this uh geek cred and legitimacy and i got to read like early uh early avengers early Batman, you know, 60s, 70s stuff, too. And, uh, you know, but, I mean, he had he had some issues going back to the 40s when it came to Batman and Superman. And uh, so that's how I got my exposure, and it sort of went on from there. Of course, I did the Lego thing and uh, PC games, NES, all that jazz. And, you know, most mostly nowadays it's comic book culture and music, and film gotcha yeah same here it very similar i didn't i didn't robotech much but yeah i got gobbled up by star wars star trek and marvel and stuff so we just uh we just found something we love that wasn't sports ball and uh we just rolled with it i like sports ball charlie come on i know well that's because you're just uh yeah well we don't need because i'm like 99 percent of the population come on everybody likes yeah you know what why 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 be the same when you were born to stand out or some cliche like that shit? Whatever. Enjoy it all. Sports ball or whatever. 
Yeah, yeah, good deal. Yeah, yeah Robotech is is really was in my wheelhouse. That was right in that whole Voltron. All, you know, just really that was my first uh, introduction to anime animation as well. Um, and I, I don't know if you heard, but basically they finally settled the rights for Robotech between the two companies, which is going to be fantastic because it's been horrible to get a lot of that material um, in different variations. So it's it's a cool story of how Robotech came to be and then kind of how weird it, you know, actually how we got it. Oh yeah, and also you know the intersection with BattleTech because you know, I was a hardcore role role playing game guy and also board gamer, and the fact that you know when BattleTech uh, came out on the PC a couple years ago with that uh, uh you know s- sort of the original guys behind the war game, and they couldn't get certain of the uh, historical mech designs in the digital arena because of the uh, copyright and trademark disputes between Harmony Gold. And uh, West, whatever. So, <laughs> so that is so crazy. The neck designs. It's such a such a thing that be, I've never heard of a dispute like that. But it's it's always something, right? It is very yeah. weird, and and that's why one of my favorite uh, Transformers to this day is still the Jetfire uh, Veritech, which is basically looks nothing at all like the cartoon or the the, the Transformer, <laughs> but they use that figure, basically uh, the mold and everything, to bring them over. So some weird synergy in that world. So yeah, awesome. Well, thanks for being on, and we're gonna get more into this stuff. We're not gonna talk much Robotech. That's a little news with. The, the, the rights, but you know, we're gonna actually talk about uh, first before we get into the news, we're gonna talk about the the cover that we're uh, graced with this episode is Batman number 321. Uh, this is a great, I just think of Batman, the classic designs of you yes. know, classic 70s Batman with the yellow symbol, the belt, uh, Joker who just was wearing the cool suit, um, over the top, the big exaggerated face, and we've got a piece of cake. This is happy birthday. And Batman and Commissioner Gordon, everyone there is on the cake as candles in agony, and the Joker's just enjoying the fireworks. Ouch. Who, who's, in the, who's in the way back there? I see the Commissioner Gordon. Alfred. Right. Oh, gotcha. Oh, poor. Oh, poor Alfred. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I love it. Who's the, the famous? Is that Denny O'Neill? Is that the famous artist? The writer. Right. The writer. Yeah. Who is the Who is the artist? Who, who's the artist? I'm thinking. Oh of? God, that was. I mean, <clears throat> Batman 321. I mean, that's kind of getting close to I think Neil Adams territory. The, oh, okay, gotcha. It's just that. But that, I could be wrong. Um, the, the look but, of this just very much reminds me of the art from the Nail, which we just talked about. Oh wow, I, I didn't realize this. Walt Simonson actually did the art on this. Really? This, this and, book. That's funny for him. 1980. And the cover art, totally, yeah. Ooh, 1980. I could, I guess that by the by the cover print. And Len Wen was the writer on this issue. Oh, Len Wen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, very very big with with Marvel as well. So good stuff. Cool. Well, that being said, uh, where where do our journeys lead us next? Oh, Charlie, we knew. Well, <laughs> hoo ha hoo ha. yeah, I gotta do this. Let me put a little note in here. 1405. Timestamp there for the geekies or for the madam up so yeah charlie we head over to our gal pal our senior news correspondent so without further delay madam webb take it away now it's time for madam webb's rumors and news take it away boys thank you madam webb well madam webb i heard you got some legal problems apparently hitting people over the head to take their covid vaccines so you can have a black market is not a good idea so alex if you're looking for a new client madam webb is hiring (laughs) <laughs> oh, thanks, but uh, it's a growth industry here in Hattiesburg. I've got all the crime I can handle right now. Oh, man, I tell you, what what a great problem to have, all the crime you can handle. 
Yeah, are you more like a Harvey Birdman attorney at law? Gosh, I hope I'm a little better than Harvey Birdman, but, you know, sometimes <laughs> it, I'm not even as good as Harvey Birdman. Oh, geez. <laughs> well, uh, maybe that's something the future, Charlie, we do. Like, we pick our famous, like, uh, uh, genre lawyers. We've, we've done, we've picked, you know, juries. We've picked, we've picked, you know, Supreme Court justices, but maybe it's time to do our, our lawyers and judges in the you're future. Har- you're, you're Harvey Dent and you're Matt Murdock's uh, kind of folk. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. She Hulk as well. Oh, well, it's time to get into the news. And this week, Charlie, uh, you've got a first contact day, which uh, is oh, my goodness. Star Trek. You know what? It's funny. Just a couple of hours ago, I was on with uh, Rich and Aaron over on our Code 47 Star Trek podcast. And yeah, uh, it is new. The Star Trek Day, which is in September, which commemorates the launch of the original series back in 1966, is more, it was also a huge day. And I think it might be a little bit more COVID culture that made it so. But there were these long panels with, you know, five, six, seven people on Zoom recording and kind of unveiling all this news. And it's wonderful. But yeah, First Contact is within the context of Star Trek in the film Star Trek First Contact. That was the date by which Picard and crew had to go into the past. They had to stop the Borg from making it so that humanity and the Vulcans had first contact on that day, thereby leading to, you know, everything that followed. Um, so with commemoration, you know, with that, we got this crazy slew of news, which we broke down. Uh, very succinctly on Code 47, and there's a good chance that you probably already listened to it because uh, this show comes out on Friday, and uh, that show comes out on Monday, so t- the day after today that we're uh, recording it. But we got new trailers uh, and updates for Star Trek Picard, which is filming now. It started filming uh, a month or so ago. Uh, hi- a rumor that uh, Whoopi Goldberg will reprise her role as Guinan, uh, very strongly hinted in this teaser trailer that the character of Q will be returning for this series. I talked about this on the show. Kind of a head shaker for me. I'm not sure how that's going to fit into the tone of the show uh, as I watched it, but they do have ways of making that happen. So I, I'm probably kind of worried over nothing. Um, the other big piece was, and controversy, because there's always controversy, uh, was there a trailer for uh, season four of Star Trek Discovery, which I believe they started recording kind of pre-COVID, uh, which gave them a little bit of an advantage um, to getting more of it done. New uniforms that everybody's bitching about, because when you have a fandom and there's a change, you're going to have a percentage of that community that just can't handle it. So me, as always... You know, I run I run chapter of the Star Trek fan club. I'm a uniform guy. I'm a cosplayer. I'm excited about it, but I'm always excited about uniforms. So I'm probably a really bad example. But that certainly overshadowed any, you know, big, bad threat that uh, that was reflected in the trailer, which, of course, you know, it's one of these that we found this thing. We got to do something to stop it. Just very Star Trek. Um, and then finally, the biggest piece of the news is that uh, we did get a confirmation uh, that Star Trek Lower Decks, the animated program, will be getting its second season starting on August 12. Yes. Uh, got a ver- got a very fun, irreverent trailer uh, filled with, you know, hey, we're doing this, we're doing that. And then you see uh, Tony Newsom's character simply say, oh, we're missing his Boimler. And they cut to him and he's there sitting at the helm of the Titan going, ah. And then, you know, Captain Riker stands up behind him and I was like, and then I went, ah, because Riker's my guy. So that's, I mean, to have a date, this is the first date of a new season of Star Trek that we've gotten for 2021. So that's very exciting. 
got a nice cast picture and a little more information about the uh, animated uh, Nickelodeon program, Star Trek uh, Prodigy, which is going to have the return of Kate Mulgrew as Captain Janeway, but as a training hologram, which was kind of previously rumored. So this uh, cast of uh, alien characters uh, takes over Derelict Ship, which has a Captain Janeway hologram, which Todd immediately made me think of you and your love for Voyager. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. I know. Stone Cold. So anyway, th- there's certainly more that I could say. But again, uh, hopefully you have uh, heard our breakdown over on Code 47. Uh, but other than that, I'll let uh, I'll let Todd and Alex put in their two cents. Yeah, Alex, go ahead. Um, I have some well, thoughts. I was super excited by the news of Q uh, and Picard and... Yeah, I'm, I'm really thrilled about that. Uh, as for Disco's new uniforms, I can take them or leave them. Uh, I like to dress well, and any uniform that <laughs> you know is uh, is pleasing to the figure and uh, calming to the eye is probably a good thing. Um, but you know, for me at, at this point, after years and years of Jean-Luc Picard, my number one question is: Can you perform the Picard maneuver in the uniform? Or, do, or rather, do you need to? Is it, uh, is it, is it self uncurling? <laughs> I mean, if the technology exists, I'd like it for my suits because right. sitting down for eight hours in a courtroom and you stand up and you got this like you know waist wrinkle, I'm not thrilled about that. But I, I understand that you're right. Is that technology that can be solved by the 32nd century? I, only time will tell. Shirt stays. Shirt stays. Those right. are always the answer. Speaking as a former military man, you know, you got the garters, they pull down. Right. You're, you're always looking tight and neat. Everything uh, is tight, tight, tight. Yeah, my only complaint is there's been like 85 uniforms in Discovery so far. So I just, to me, it's like, it's just overkill because then it's going to be 85 different versions. And it, to me, it's just like, I don't know, the new ones just look so more, they look more like dress uniforms than they do actually like duty uniforms in the I, military. Yeah, I, I can I can agree with that. I can yeah, because it's it just like you say, like Charlie, you've got like the 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 captain, uh, you know, you've got the Shatner like uniforms that the right. maroon ones with the weird like turtleneck thing. Um, yeah. those always seemed like more like they were formal uniforms versus I'm actually doing duties and they seem like they would get in your way. You want something a little bit more at like the Navy. They don't wear their dress. They wear their their fatigues, their duties to to. So to me, it's just like they don't seem very practical, which seems kind of silly. So I don't know. Seems like they would be fitting uh, something more uh, practical in that sense. But, you know, it's Star Trek. It's not practical anyways. They're probably saying we had our space molecules that, you know, stretch and and, and resist uh, stains. So probably makes sense. Um, Oh, well. Uh, In regards to Picard, you talked about the tone, Charlie. I don't know if the show really has a tone yet because the first season was all about, you know, it was more facing death and everything, serious overtones. But now that that's been resolved to a sense, I, I think you can go and do different things. Do we want another season-long story arc, or do we want more interest, interesting adventures and things like that? Um, obviously, they're showing some things like you're always on tra- trial with, with, with Q. It, I don't know. I, I think it's fun. I mean, it's it's revisiting things. We got you know Guinan coming back. I, I think they can play with some different themes and have some fun with it. So um, it do, everything doesn't have to be dreary and in in you know you know. Oh, for facing mortality uh, in in that show. So I'm I'm curious. I hope I hope it's good. 
and I hope they don't overpack it, meaning like they're going to they're going to solve everything in the last episode where everything you know before that it wasn't paced very well. It was just like taking our time. Then we don't have enough time to actually resolve it in a very um, uh, a, a pacing that makes sense. So I'm hoping they fix that. Not not in a rush, but. I'm just, I'm really surprised though. Discovery is is you know they just wrapped up their season in 2021 and we're getting a new season in 2021. Well, um, as like I said, I think it was it was uh, production was delayed. Production was delayed by COVID, but release of it was delayed by COVID. So I feel like they filmed a lot, and I'm not exactly sure. I could be wrong about the rollout. My prediction that I talked about on our show was that this would be what would follow the 10 week uh, run of uh, lower decks starting in August. So, you know, August 12 plus 10 weeks. Um, so that would put us into, you know, October, early November. And then that's really the way it was in 2020. They dropped discovery on us. So I could be wrong, but they, they've not verified any dates of any kind besides the August 12 rollout of lower decks. So we'll yeah. see. Yeah, and Picard was wrapped up before Discovery was, so to have right. Discovery come out again before Picard just seems – it is what it is. But, I mean, yeah, right. it'll be interesting to see how that ends up. Yeah, um, and, uh, yeah, we still don't know what um, – uh, what what that that animated show on Nickelodeon is going to be like the tone right. how it's going to be but obviously it's going to be on Paramount Plus and right. then uh, Lower Decks I never finished the first season I thought it was no fun. come on now that was fun and enjoyable but to me it was just like eh, it's 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 animated Star Trek you know not it's not compelling it's it's like watching Futurama or something well like that. It's, to say yeah. animated Star Trek the only barometer you had before that was the filmation show from the 70s and good lord no well, no it's it's just not it's not Star Trek Star Trek it's more like like I said it's more like Futurama than it is Star Trek well, sure or Rick and Morty because it's the same exactly guy. exactly so but, like uh, so to me it's yeah. not it's not like oh my god I'm so riveted it's it's entertaining but it's not like oh my god it's like ah it's world changing yeah I, yeah I guess riveted would definitely not be the, the it's way it's like it's like getting excited for the next Family Guy I mean it's like it's right. fun yeah and there's throwbacks so yeah to me it's just a different level of I watched like four episodes I'm like eh, I could probably watch more it it wasn't like I had to watch more so but I get it if you're a big Trek fan this is gonna be something you haven't got before so but it's yes. but it's entertaining yeah. Well, so, cool. All right. So, right. Rolling out what, what, uh, that, so that's Star Trek. And again, for all of your in depth, unbelievably granular uh, Star Trek following, uh, join us over on Code 47 when we come out every Monday. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, a lot more there, folks. Um, but in regards to the news that we got, something as well was this, this Hasbro Fan Fest. Oh, uh, man. Yeah. <laughs> kind of well, crazy. If I can have a quick sidebar, the, uh, John Sear, who is our other founding secret friend, and my buddy Derek, who is a local figure collecting buddy of mine, lives right here in EGR, the same as I do, um, are really on top of this because, you know, we're the three of us are big Star Wars collectors, uh, and then I dabble in the G.I. Joe line and stuff, and we have a lot of fun lampooning. Uh, the, the, the team that always says he's pitches the one guy, Patrick, he's got the red hair and the beard is just such a horrible pitch, man. Watching these videos is just entertainment onto itself. Todd, I don't know how much of it you watch, but it was I like, didn't watch any of it because I didn't have to, and I didn't have to sit there good. for, for okay. a half hour waiting to see one thing. <laughs> Let me just, well, yeah, that was just the thing because any of the, the rollouts that I had were all, it was, it was a six hour event or maybe a four hour event. And the rollouts I wanted to see were two hours in. And then all I really had to do was keep my eye on the internet, and there's there was the information. So anyway, yes. So it was very interesting because it was covering all of Hasbro's properties. So you've got the Star Wars, you've got the Marvel, you've got Transformers, you've got Power Rangers, um, Fortnite, 
Um, I, I don't know if I'm missing anything else. Oh, G. oh yeah. G.I. Joe. G.I. Joe, yeah. yeah. So it, it covered quite a bit. And, I mean, we got everything from different lines um, uh, of toys that, that I mean, think everybody's interested in. But the one that really blew me away, which is totally unexpected, was this RoboSen Robotics Optimus Prime. This thing is not a figure. This is like a real robot rather than a toy because it transforms by itself. Um, it lights up. It responds to voice command. Um, it can do many, many different things, and it moves. I mean, this is far different than anything they've ever done before in this realm. Um, it charges. It has a hard drive. You can apparently update it with different things. You can make it do dance moves. I mean, and it comes with an app you can control it by. So this is so far different than any you talk, Charlie. You talked about HasLab and things like that. Those things are just big chunks of plastic, typically. There's not a lot to like. Oh my God, it's you know doing anything crazy. This is insane. It's seven hundred dollars. So like I said, this is different though. This isn't a big hunk of plastic like the 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 Unicron that took eight hours to transform. This is actually a robot that transforms. I don't know if you can actually play with it in regards to the, the sense like you could transform it yourself or if it, you're just reliant on it transforming itself, but it's badass. I mean, this is pretty much, you know, something I never expected to see. I'm, I'm pretty impressed. That, that's, uh, that, that, see, that, yeah. yeah, that's, that's pretty intense, but you know, you're you're funding a robot it's in your house the next thing you're knowing it's chucky it's the cylons i'm just saying it's 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 a little too far for me (laughs) it's the best way to die charlie come on it's is it is it really the the best way to die oh i bet i could i bet i could think of something better than that but well i mean it's this would be the most dramatic way and be like he was killed by a transformer dun 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 when you have a show like transformer death patrol and they'd like you have to have a transformer detective come out to find out what went wrong i could see this show happening it's uh it's just like that one really good line from the teenage mutant ninja turtles original cartoon when uh you know the guy says done in by modern conveniences <laughs> that it's not as it, yeah cowabunga or pizza dude would be less uh less dramatic i guess Pizza dude. Oh my goodness. Yeah, Pizza and then dude's got thirty seconds. Oh my goodness. Yes. <laughs> thirty seconds of your death is free. Oh my yeah, goodness. Oh, boy. oh like, my like, goodness. Like the great suicide boots in Futurama, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, there's a line for that one. Um yeah, we, I mean we know Transformers was continue there, but basically uh they're continuing on with their work for Cybertron. They have these this new you know, the Netflix series where now they're getting into the Beast Wars era, calling this Kingdoms. So they've got all these characters coming out and some of them look really, really cool, especially in their beast mode, things like that. But then they've got some oddballs that I've never thing seen before. This one called Wingfinger. It looks like a weird like pterodactyl made of bones it's dumb but i mean i guess i gotta throw new characters on that todd that's your niche i know you like the weird dumb little things that's what's on your shelf so Uh, you're right not not those dumb things i I want a real character not one that's made up for it so yeah you you consider the transforming x-men jet to be a real character it is now (laughs) (laughs) oh oh yeah so 
we move on to Transformers. If you're into, or, uh, uh, sorry, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers is into that. I think they've done a good job with bringing those characters up to date. But we get into something very odd. Uh, well, maybe not very odd, but we've got the GI Joe line, Charlie, the, the the black line or whatever, the black series. No, the, no, it's the uh, classified series. Classified. classified series. But now we're getting uh, characters tied to the movie called right. GI Joe Origin Snake Eyes, uh, and so- solid pass for me. Yeah, I mean these are these are affordable figures. They're about ten bucks each, so you know these aren't meant for collectors. These are really meant for, um, you know, talk- just kids buying toys. Oh, are you talking about? Uh, they see they appeared to have the same packaging as the basically the the classified slash Black Series Marvel Legends style. So is that what is that what your reference is showing? Is I thought, the- or maybe they made a different one. Maybe the, I, I thought yeah. there was a lineup specifically no, just for like, they, the, the, I, the movie releases. They did, but it's it's the same style. Uh, it's it's the same format as the ones that they've been releasing since for oh. a little year now. So they're like basically you know the Marvel Legends and the Black Series are six inch figures are twenty bucks each. Um, but yeah, these were all styled after what the character is going to look like in the movie and it instantly took off with that Baroness figure that looks like she's a barista at Starbucks. P- Portlandia Baroness, which I sent to my friend Miranda, who's a Baroness cosplayer. I, she was not impressed. <laughs> I mean, it's nice to think that at some point the Baroness had a day job. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Instead of just just being an international terrorist, you didn't think that she didn't she didn't clock in a few hours, you know, slinging uh, slinging a double choka mocha latte latte yaya frappe at uh, Starbucks. I mean, yes. it's not like as a teenager you can really international terrorist. It's really hard to travel when you're, you know, going through puberty. Just saying. When you go to terrorist school, you got to pay the bill somehow, right? I mean, you got student loans. I mean, come on. Maybe she was work steady. You know, there's a there's a lot of nobility that's cash poor but title rich. Right. Absolutely. True. Yeah. I mean, they don't look. I mean, the rest don't look too bad. Scarlet looks pretty good. Uh, uh, Storm Shadow and Snake uh, Snake Eyes. All oh, they all look pretty good. And then there's some characters I've never seen before, but they're based on movie characters, right? So they want them to look like the movie more so than the cartoon that was from the 1980s. So I think we probably have to be a little more realistic about some of these things, right? Like like the MCU figures don't look like the uh, comic book characters, like Fat right. Thor, which is next. Fat, yeah, Fat, with right, the Marvel exactly. Legends line, yeah. right? Yep, yep. Yeah, that that whole I remember seeing that whole line there. It's a mix of of Iron Man characters, which again, a lot of them are comic based, but that for me, they're not my wheelhouse. Um, but I do embrace how Marvel Legends does the deep cuts. Like you got Dark Star, and it's a build a figure line, and the build a figure is Ursa Major, which is the big bear from the basically the the Russian the Russian equivalent of the Avengers, which is the what the hell's the name? I, I'm drawing a blank. Is it the October Guard. No, that's G.I. Joe. <laughs> uh, no, it's it's so dumb because I read one not that long ago. It was the Soviet like, Super Soldiers? Yeah, that's it, the Soviet <laughs> No, you're exactly correct. So, yeah. I just but, a bunch it, of words together, and that's what it is. I thought I think that's literally what it was. But, yeah, it was. they do a lot of deep cuts. But, again, they do a nice job of catering to the variety where the Star Wars Black Series has the, the ability to cater to. Here's a 14th version of Kylo Ren that nobody wanted the first one. So very unique ability. It's the Winter Guard, Charlie. Sorry, the, I just looked it up. The Winter. So yeah, it's a combination combination of the Winter Soldier and the October Guard. Winter Guard. Yes, yes. So, uh, but the one thing that I thought was really cool was there's a Marvel Legends Doctor Strange. I have Agamotto prop, which looks really cool. And it's only fifty Sweet. bucks. Yeah, that that seems like well, you're you're Doctor Strange adjacent, aren't you? I mean, you kind of like yeah, that. I like them. Yeah, 
That that would be that would be a cool one for you. But Todd, cosplay props, so I know it's out for you. The cosplay is a no no. It's not really just a fun little thing you put on your shelf. It doesn't have to. I don't have to wear it around being cool. I mean, but you can. That's the beauty of it. Well, yeah, but this is just neat. <laughs> like this this memorabilia. It's it's, it's affordable yes. and fun versus like three hundred dollars and it sits on a sits on a shelf. So very cool. Um, it's very neat. And uh, yeah, I think it's really gonna be. Uh, I hope you can dismantle everything so you can have it look cool versus. It's a it's a necklace. I don't want it to be a necklace. I want it to sit on my shelf. Oh well. Um, and then lastly, Star Wars. Man, I tell you, look at these the Star Wars Black series, and I just like. Okay, it's more of the same things I've seen before, but I, I, it's not for me. You know, they, the, the I, I did pre-order two of them uh, because I, I like the general Lando, and I have maybe I think I have like an Empire Strikes Back Lando, and then because I, I have an Endor, uh, Luke Han and Leia, I thought, well, I'll toss Lando in there, and then I've got the gang. So I did, pre- and then I did order the uh, wrestler uh, Mandalorian chick, Sasha, what's her nuts. Uh, because I have the Bo Karen figure, so they go together. And I have a, I have the Mandalorian figures. That's that's one shelf of my collection. So other than that, the other ones were like Aura Sang, and there was like another clone, and like some other some. I was just like, nah, I just didn't care. So yeah, it's very niche, but at least they're making new characters. Where when they were doing the sequel trilogy, it was like, here's another Finn figure, here's another blah blah, you know, here's another version of a stormtrooper nobody wants to buy. So they've been doing better. I think the Black Series, and they were. They had a real bad patch there. Bad patch, bad batch. All right. Alex, are, are you into any figures? No, I, uh, <clears throat> I've definitely fallen out of that. I uh, I started blowing figure money on uh, guitars and stuff like that. So. <laughs> nice. All right. Rock it, rock it on out. I got a nice ukulele. Nice. Ooh, nice. Oh, oh, that's a, and with that big beard of yours, that's, that's kind of hipster gold. That's hot. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me about it. I got, I got ladies. Um, I got a dog named Lady. That's what I got. Oh, uh, <laughs> biggest fan. Lay, lady, lay. Your biggest fan. Bark. Arr, arr, arr. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> good, 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 good. All right. Yeah. So there's lots of toys coming. Uh, look out for those. Um, yeah. I mean, if you're in the mood, uh, that'll be uh, time for Christmas for most of these, I think. So go start collecting now, and you will have no money to spare. Very good. Well, moving right along, uh, we have a classic that I know is very, very near and dear to the hearts of everyone on this podcast. Mystery Science 3000. Now, Alex, I'm sure you'll remember with the old guard here in EGR with, you know, Lee Zavadil and Speedy and all the guys that loved MST3K, Joe Don Baker riffs and Night of the Lepus and all these. Um, the great little show that got when did this start? Did it start in the late 80s, early 90s? And it was uh joel joel hodgson was the guy yeah. who kicked it off and it was basically you know is lower than low rent this guy who you know ends up on a, a a little plastic model spaceship he gets stranded on the space station and uh his penance i'm trying to remember the plot line his penance was to watch old movies along with two robot buddies and it was just the movie would show and in the lower right hand corner or somewhere in the middle it would be the the car- it would be a, a silhouette of the three of them and sitting in a row movie and they're just they're just heckling it Tom Servo Crow Tom Servo and Crow yep. and then yeah and uh you know that's all I ever do when I watch movies uh I mean I just did a watch party last night with some of my SFI buddies we watched an episode of Star Trek the Next Generation and we're all on we're all on mute except for we pop in to heckle 
and then we go on mute again. So it's a fun experience. Everybody enjoys doing it, but they brought this back, and I, I kick myself, kick myself, Kickstarter, uh, that I did not watch the return of this because Pat Oswald was a character, and I fucking worshipped the man. I love him. So yeah. I just, ugh. Anyway, no, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I, I, it's, uh, you know, I, I could not, honestly, aside from Pat Oswald, get into the new one. I yeah. really had a, had a lot of difficulty just because, you know, the movies that they were getting were, I guess, better quality than the oh, garbage gotcha. that they were yeah. doing initially. So, and so, so they ate their own tail, so to speak. They kind of got away from the formula. Yeah, I, th- I think they they made it a little too. Uh, it's it's really polished. It's good, but it, it doesn't have that sort of fast and loose. Here's the garbage movie of the week flavor. <laughs> And, oh, that's you know, I mean, Patton Oswalt is great in anything he does. I and mean, I think probably the best thing to my mind he ever did was Constable Bob in Justified. Yeah. Who, it turns out to be like the one legit cop out of all these, you know, law enforcement figures. You know, just the most stand up, you know, local law enforcement officer on TV ever. And, uh, you know, he was good, but he was really the only part I liked about this new MST3K. So I'm hoping that this... Uh, because it's going to be all, you know, their own platform and they're, they're trying to be independent so they don't have to rely on uh, somebody deciding if they get made. Right, uh, right. So, yeah, trying to trying to write their own ticket, which obviously, you know, Kickstarters are enormous regardless these days. Because I know that, uh, and again, Tidy will appreciate that Star Trek Voyager for their 25th anniversary just set a world record for fundraising for a Kickstarter for, and they, they had tears like we raised so much and we'll do this thing. And if we raise so much, we'll do that thing. Um, and it just absolutely shocked me even as a diehard Star Trek fan, because Voyager is the show that just nobody talks about anymore, that there are that many people out there that wanted to get this thing made. So, you know, this could be the same thing or Alex, there could be people out there who think what you think. And they're like, ah, the last one was crap. So how is a new one going to be any better? You just don't know. Yeah, they're at uh, $2.5 million currently pledged. That gets uh, one to th- gets three episodes uh, basically funded. Uh, they have obviously stretched goals to even go further. If they get to $5.5 million, they'll do 12 episodes. So it's there. Yeah. Uh, potentially they'll do more things. They're showing the whole cast. Looks like the cast will remain the same. Um, and obviously Joel is behind this, who created it. He's the one that's kickstarting this. So he's still the, the, the man behind it. But yeah, yeah. Uh, some things are great in in concept, like oh yeah, bring it back, it'll be great. But it's like, in a way, uh, the people that you enjoyed it with are largely not there, actually entertaining you any longer, right? You've got a lot of people are gone, um, and, and yeah, it, it can have a different tone versus doing it kind of like pirate style. Um, apparently, the the new Netflix, uh, the new show was on Netflix, so it's there to watch. The old stuff though is kind of hard to find so it's kind of all over the place doesn't so, really exist yeah uh, it, it's here and there most likely it's on physical media um, Ugh, yuck. yeah he did something similar which i don't know if you guys remember called riff tracks where yes. yeah they, yeah. they basically created the tracks and they couldn't pay for the movie so you basically watched the movie and you played the riff tracks over top of it and it was a weird way to do it but obviously it was because of the cost and, and the rights like, of its they- own is that like sinking Dark Side of the Moon to the Wizard of Oz? Same yeah, exactly. so much, yeah, yeah so. started exactly at, you know, zero, zero and, and this and that. So the riff tracks, I've told you, Todd, you remember when we were uh, at Wizard World Chicago 10 years ago and I picked up my bootleg copy of the Star Wars Holiday Special before it obviously proliferated and it's on YouTube as well. But mine has 
the Rift Tracks uh, like optional sidetrack, and I couldn't get April to watch this for yet. Like I couldn't get her to get all the way through it. And we watched it last Christmas and turned on the Rift Tracks. We were dying. It was the only thing that makes it watchable. It's a lot of fun. So that's nice. May there be many more, you know, said bootlegs out there that uh, that make things watchable if you have Rift Tracks. Yeah, yeah, it's one of those things where hopefully, (laughs) yeah, it's either charming and clever or it just gets really old very quick. So (laughs) we shall see if that uh, they get more episodes. But yeah, more are coming, uh, at least three. Don't know where they'll be or if you just to pay for it and you watch it there like online through the Kickstarter. Oh, well, um, moving on, we've got a new trailer for a new Netflix series based on a comic book. Uh, It's part of Mark Merlar, who you may know him from uh, a bunch of different uh, medium that he put out. Uh, One was um, God, I'm blanking on other properties he's done. Uh, I believe he did. I'm just going to look him up really quick. Mark Wanted. He has this, yes, Wanted, which was a great, I, I just enjoyed that series quite a bit. Um, he has wrote a lot of things outside of uh, his own things. He did Charlie most recently, Superman Red Sun. Uh, oh, gotcha. Okay. He did that. Yeah, he, he's great um, and, and really enjoy his stuff. But he's a little controversial. Sometimes his stuff is over the top. Uh, but he wrote Jupiter's Legacy a while ago, and he's, move to move a lot of his uh he writes a lot of his books like they're going to be adapted for uh tv or the movies so kind of like ready to go versus other things where they have to adapt them in a different way um so this is called jupiter's legacy and is the first generation of superheroes have kept the world safe for nearly a century now their children must live up to their legacy in an epic drama that spans decades and navigates the dynamics of family power and loyalty um, so the trailer's out there, and I'm pretty impressed. Josh Dumel's in this, a lot of other uh, people you may know, um, Ben Daniels, Leslie Bibb. So I- I'm, I'm pretty impressed by this. What do you guys think? I felt that uh, it, you know, for a, a property I was not interested in, all of a sudden watching the trailer, I kind of want to watch it. Although yeah. I wonder if that itch for sort of a historical superhero epic was thoroughly scratched by the Watchmen series. Yeah, I and again, I I'm I'm always the last to watch trailers, and I didn't have any context, but the look of it seemed absolutely fascinating. I also dig the concept. I wasn't crazy about the Watchmen because of the movie, but maybe I've heard the show is very different. Uh, who shows Who shows that, by the way? HBO Max. HBO Max. Maybe I'll have to Maybe I'll have to give it a shot. But uh, yeah, this is great, and this is out in less than a month. This is out early May. Yeah, and I, I don't know how many episodes this will be. Typically, they're between you know eight and ten episodes. Um, and yeah, this looks really interesting because it, I mean it kind of opens with uh, this group of of people investigating a source of power that gives them abil- special abilities, and they age slowly, like ninety you know ninety years past, and now they have children that are basically they're they're basically passing along them to have their legacy to be the next round of superheroes, kind of like you think about Batman going to Robin, becoming Nightwing, things like that. So we haven't really seen that dynamic on screen in, in certain ways before. Um, I can't remember if this is like an over the top, oh my God, it's gory, it's gross, like the boys, or if it's a little bit more, uh, you know, a little bit more restrained. So I, right. I, I can't remember. I haven't read the book. I've got the trade paperback. I tend to read it uh, before this comes out. So I've got about a month to finish that up. And it might even be on Comixology, Charlie. Gotcha. Well, maybe we'll have to take a stab and see uh, see what comes of it uh, when we invariably talk about this in a month from now. Yeah, yeah. There we go. Although I looked at Josh Dumont, I'm like, 
Is that Jesus? <laughs> Josh, 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 did Jesus? Yes, yes. I mean, there we go. He hasn't aged in 15 years. No. But they that, put some well, great makeup on him. I was going to say, and speaking of people who haven't aged, that kind of that's a nice little jump on the segue into our next story, uh, which is about Ghostbusters Afterlife. Uh, now, this was a movie that was a victim of COVID because we even saw a trailer and a release date uh, for summer of last year, if I'm not mistaken. But, uh, you know, the, the concept of it be it's somewhere in middle America. There's a single mom with her two, uh, you know, she has a teenage son and a, a daughter who's slightly younger. And uh, the, the, the adult woman's mother is, uh, father has passed away and they inherited his farm out in the middle of nowhere. And they're on hard times, so they're going to live there. And what they find out as they're digging through is that, and as we, the audience, find out while watching the trailer, that the deceased guy is Dr. Dr. Egon Spengler, one of the original Ghostbusters, uh, all his Ghostbusters stuff is there, including the Ecto-1, and at the, in the same small town of which at the high school Paul Rudd is a teacher, which is why I mentioned him, someone else who's ageless, uh, there starts to be wacky paranormal stuff happening, and so these kids have to become Ghostbusters, because why not? Um, I, from the trailer, I thought it looked super cool. I love Paul Rudd. When the hell does he ever do something that sucks? I mean... I'm sure there's something, but oh, I can't. Dude, there's it. a list. What? 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 What, what does he do that sucks? I mean, is, is there are a bunch of terrible romantic comedies that nobody oh, yeah. watched. He's got a long oh, list of movies I you ever even, saw. They were like straight to video. I that's and that's why I don't know about them. But anyway, what the blurb in this article is about is that we have a new clip with uh, Paul Rudd clearly in a grocery store uh, with a tiny Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. Oh my God in heaven! Seven Eleven. The 7-Eleven. This is the uh, this is the Baby Yoda of 2021. This is terrific. Um, do we are we rolling on a on a date for this one? Do we actually have like a theater date? A theater? A theater? The movie theater? Like a release date when this is going to be? Something I don't think so. I didn't see one on the trailer or anything like that. Gotcha. Well, regard, regard, I mean, it makes sense if this is dropping that we're going to see it this year at some point. But I mean, I was I was jazzed for this uh, from from the jump. So. Uh, yeah, so I think, yeah, McKenna Grace and Finn Wolfhard are the kids. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to this. I think this is great. Fun trailer, fun concept. I'm a sucker for cutesy shit because the wife likes it. And I just, it, she likes it. I like it in a lot of cases. So I think this looks like fun. Yeah, the, uh, all the, the original cast, excluding obviously Harold Ramis, rest in peace. Um, and uh, Rick Moranis will not be in this, but the rest are coming back. Uh, this does debut, Charlie, November 11th, 2021, which is just okay, silly because, cool. you know, bring it into like the week before Halloween. It's spooky, right. you know? Right. Does that make any sense after November? Because now you're thinking about turkeys and, and Ghostbusters. I don't know. But yeah, I think it looks cute. I, I From what I'm seeing and from what Bill Murray's and everyone is saying, this really is the, 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 the third movie in the series. Um, which I am encouraged for because apparently, you know, obviously two was met with, you know, disdain. <laughs> right. And, <laughs> so, the, and the 2016 reboot was similarly frowned upon. Yes. Yeah. I, I'm hoping this uh, makes it relevant again because, you know, the Ghostbusters is just as the cartoon and everything. It's it's something where you can continue to have like uh, more adventures in that series. It's not like it's done and we don't have ghosts again because, you know, right. ghosts and all that stuff. So I could see this being evergreen as long as it's done well. And it's it's actually right. Funny this time. Just right. be funny. That's all we ask. Stupid, t- stupid TV, be more funny. Homer yeah, stupid movies, be more funny. Yes, mm-hmm. so, Charlie, that is it for the news this week. Alex, we're going to go to our favorite geek establishment and get our nerd on, and that's the Geek cool. Easy. Talk nerdy to me. Talk nerdy to me. 
talk noted to me. We're setting the geek easy, and we're getting ready to get our nerd on. We've got our cocktails ready. Alex, anything you've been excited about in the world of nerd this week? So I've uh, I've got two things. Uh, one, briefly, the uh, Octavia Spencer, uh, Melissa McCarthy vehicle, Thunder Force, dropped on Netflix. Oh, yeah. I, I saw about that. I'm curious. So I wanted to watch it because I felt that it, it – and it also has uh, Jason Bateman and Palm Clementif uh, in supporting roles, and they're phenomenal. But the Jason Bateman Melissa McCarthy chemistry is undeniable. You know, they're nice. fantastic. Everything they appear in, and so we wanted to watch it for that. And it turns out that Octavia Spencer is essentially the moving force, like behind the plot of the movie. And the the, the plot is basically like in the '80s, a bunch of people got superpowers but all the people that got superpowers are like sociopaths they have oh, like structural awesome. defects in their brain so it's like and the they, boys yeah well and they all live in chicago so basically oh yuck yeah uh, um you know, it's a chicago-centric uh movie and uh octavia spencer plays uh melissa mccarthy's best friend and uh she becomes a scientist to try to give ordinary people superpowers to fight the villains because that's what her parents were doing when they got murdered by the villains. Oh, good. Oh, great. So, super dark story, right? And then, like, Octavia Spencer basically gets pushed to the side, and it's a Melissa McCarthy fest. So, it had a lot of physical comedy, uh, a fun little political side plot, uh, very conventional. Jason Bateman, great. Uh, he and Melissa McCarthy have this awesome, like, meet-cute that is a total like 80s like it is a total 80s thing so if you like uh 80s meet cute stuff a la john hughes oh uh, awesome this, I, yeah. uh, <laughs> it has one good sec you know the rest of it's kind of garbage but that was fun oh man <laughs> so, have- so so maybe 10 minutes out of the whole movie is good this well, I mean, like you know, the action's really good. nice but oh, okay yeah. Okay. Yeah. This sounds like something we ought to watch like tonight because we're we're watching an '80s movie before I sat down here that I'd never seen before. It was a uh, Lucas with uh, one of the Corys. Oh, yeah, I had never seen it. I, and April was flabbergasted that I'd never seen it. I've never I seen like it. I feel like I've seen every 80s movie, but this one just – and it is fucking adorable. I love it. And what sucks is that we had to jump on and do the show. We have 10 minutes left, so i gotta uh, do, got to get that in today as well. So, But, yeah, it was just weird things I missed, but we loved that it. it was April's birthday a week ago, and we watched – she wanted to just watch 80s movies, so we kind of slammed cool. Breakfast Club and Pretty in Pink and a bunch of them in a row. So this sounds great. I will watch this maybe even today. I mean, it is. It's funny. It's just kind of like Octavia Spencer gets pushed to the side, which is a shame because she's great. Um, and then I've been reading this series of books. Um, it's sort of a weird uh, collection of three history books about the Holy Roman Empire. So that by itself is very like nerdy. But the guy who wrote it is a publish is an editor who works for a publisher of uh, popular history books. And this is like you know. His sort of I traveled through the former Holy Roman Empire and here's all the weird stuff I found, like random oh, tombs and like weird libraries, collections of bugs. <laughs> and it's just so the guy's very engaging as a writer. And I mean, he wrote three books. They're called uh, Germania, Danubia and Lotharingia. And like you can pick them up, put them down. And they're basically like a, a travel log 
intermixed with history and his personal observations about like what's a good restaurant in Vienna. Oh. So uh, a lot of fun to read, and I'm I've been reading through those. But that's uh, you know it's very geeky and uh, accessible. Oh, nice, so. very cool. I love I love uh, historical viewpoints, and uh, not been in much of that uh, part of the world, but uh, I would love to see it in the future. I've got friends that just came back from Romania. So um, oh, yeah. there's lots of different parts of that world that just look awesome. So very cool. Very cool. Well, well, Charlie, uh, Falcon Winter Soldier number four, very quickly. Um, very quickly. Yeah. And, and, and I was going to say, you know, this is this show travels at a breakneck speed. Um, but this episode at the very least gave us uh, the culmination uh, of something that came from the comics that I knew was coming, which was that uh, John Walker, who is the new Captain America, who is unpowered, unlike in the comics, uh, found his way to uh, snag a serum, uh, the super soldier serum, uh, and to power himself up. And, and as we learned from Stanley Tucci back in the first Captain America movie, good becomes great, bad becomes worse. Well, Walker is, we've seen him in these you know four episodes so far, <laughs> while he appears to be your regular kind of soldier boy, whatever it is, he's kind of an insecure dipshit and uh, his insecure dipshitness with the super soldier serum turned him into a violent psychopath, including uh, murdering one of a a suspect in the end of this episode. So uh, we got two episodes left. uh, So that really doesn't look so great uh, for, um, for Falcon. Uh, At least, you know, Bucky has the power to fight back, but then the question becomes uh, who is going to, save the shield because it was, uh, you know, it was the same kind of situation that evolved in the comics. John Walker went psycho when he saw his parents murdered in front of him. And then every, uh, villain he faced in subsequent issues, he killed them. Uh, and then it was Steve Rogers had to finally take him down and it was the reverse. Walker was powered and Steve Rogers was not, but was still able to defeat him, you know, with, uh, with skill. Uh, so let's hope that that is the case, you know, for Sam Wilson as well. But yeah, this, this is an edge of the seat one for me. This is a, we watched it first thing in the morning on, on every Friday uh, and only two weeks left. And then we get into this Marvel TV desert where we don't get uh, another show until I think it is June when we finally get Loki, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's this this show does feel like Agents of Shield, but better done better. It's not a movie. Right. It's 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 definitely more straightforward. Um, although I, I I don't buy the whole Falcon trying to talk the villain down. She's a murderer. She's just killed all these people. She's going to freaking jail, and she doesn't want to. So I I just didn't get that part. Right? That to me makes no sense. You're not going to talk her into just surrendering. And then losing her ability to keep her cause alive. People just don't do that. So I thought that part was a little far fetched. And obviously it was set up to push the envelope and make right. some of those things happen. Um, right. And I do, I do, uh, I am curious though, because um, yeah, John Walker, I mean, he, he's a war room. I, I just don't know many people in this place like, oh, you got to go out there. You have no superpowers. You got to take on these guys that are going to kill you. Versus obviously Cap is like, I've got all this ability and I can do this because I've got. So I just felt like I never understood why they wanted somebody to be Captain America again. It just didn't make any sense. So well, yeah, I, not, not if concept he does, and, yeah, right, not but, if he doesn't bring the abilities to the table. If he's just exactly. some dude, yeah, if it's just some dude uh, who's unarmed, even though he, he has a pop gun, uh, and that's the thing that sets Walker off is that his um, his associate Battlestar, who was again powered in the comics, uh, is is killed in combat against one of these super soldiers. So how did they not see that coming? They yeah, set exactly. these guys up uh, to take on um, you know. Uh, enemies that are beyond their power class level so they're going to get killed so you're right that that did seem like a setup to fail and it was kind of a too easy of a transition for walker to snap so exactly. we'll see 
we'll see what comes after. Yeah, he I says mean, that one it, thing though. Yo, go ahead. It sounds like a Thunderbolt Ross program special. You want yeah, to do exactly. something crazy and stupid? Get Thunderbolt Ross to do it for you. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Let's yeah, get, get some another, armor. Yeah, the the abomination or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah exactly. turn yourself into Red Hulk. Give, yeah, give these guys friggin' something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah I mean, he even says one line. He's like, how could I, you know, he's like, he, he basically, it's taken down by the Dormilaji, and he basically says, they weren't even super soldiers. That, that's right there, is telling you right there. He's like, crap, I can't do this without uh, a boost. So, there right. you go. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, And then, uh, lastly, for me, uh, new show is on the CW. It's called Kung Fu. Well, if you remember, there was an old show called Kung Fu that was mildly would not play well when you got a white dude <laughs> playing an Asian person uh, basically in uh, the Wild West. So that was kind of the concept of it. Uh, David, um, oh, Carradine was that character. Right. And it was a, a place in time, and they were going to remake this, and how are they going to do it? Well, they basically turned on its head a little bit. We've got a, a female lead who was in China. She was facing a lot of pressures at home, so she decides to just kind of take a break. Hangs out at a monastery in China. She trains for three years uh, and basically then has to face her past. Um, and I don't want to give too much away. It's, it's really, it's, it, but I would say this is very much like an Arrowverse an, uh, an CW type of show. It's it's straightforward, but it does add in a layer of like mysticism and things like that, special abilities. Um, and but it is well done. Martial uh, martial arts are very well done, and my my wife was just really excited about this. And she, after the first time, she was like, "Yeah, I want to watch more," because uh, you know you don't get to see many Asian uh, primary casts on TV and doing things that you know are a little bit more interesting. Um, and and so I liked it. I, I think it's entertaining, um, and it's on the CW, so it's free to watch. So if you're looking for something different, and it's it's family friendly as well, check out Kung Fu on the CW. So are you saying it's more family friendly than uh, David Carradine trying to be Asian? Uh, or David Carradine doing anything essentially because he was not very family friendly. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would I would say not so. Very interesting. Well, yeah, I, like I said, I dabble in the CW. We've enjoyed Superman and Lois, but that's on hiatus right now. Maybe they put it on hiatus because they're running this. Oh, Supergirl. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Which yeah. I, I'm way out of that. So yeah. yeah. Anyway. Yes, so that is it for the Geek Easy folks. Now it's time for us to uh, take a trip to our favorite uh, vacation destination. Welcome to another edition of Thank you, Tina. The mutants have been gathered for a topic or a game to be entertained. This week, it's another topic, and that is Invincible, Robert Kirkman's graphic novel series uh, that I believe is now wrapped up uh, with uh, artist Corey Walker has created this fantastic mix of basically girls, acne, homework, and supervillains. When you're a teenager, it pays to be Invincible. Mark Grayson is the hero Invincible, who is a Viltrumite human hybrid. Mark is one of the greatest heroes on Earth and is the son of Omni-Man. This is now a new Amazon Prime TV series. It's up to episode five. Uh, Episode six will debut next week. I'm trying to remember how many episodes will be out. But uh, the big synopsis is this is essentially Superman meets Spider-Man. Well, it's funny. When you said that to me, you said meet Spider-Man, and I'm like... For some reason, I took that as like, oh, he has the powers of both. But what you really mean is that he's like teenage Peter Parker. Absolutely. Like, teen teen problem, problems with Superman right. powers. 
But it was a he was it was a, he was a lot more like Peter Parker from the Ultimate Spider-Man, which was published in the early 2000s, as opposed to you know Peter Parker who was Midtown High's bookworm and Aunt May made of wheat cakes or stuff, and just very dated. Where that felt obviously a lot more normal. That oh, Peter Parker has you know a scruffy haircut and glasses, and he's a nerd who likes the internet, or you know he was a web designer at the Daily Bugle because that was the you know it was the year 2000, so. Internet, it's calling somebody at the World Wide Web or a web designer. I know, right? Doesn't it? Doesn't it seem like it's not 21 years ago? It was five uh, years ago. Everything yes. is five years ago. Every yeah, it's it's like when you're driving in, in with your dad in the in the car when you're a kid, and yes, how uh, how much longer is it? And he tells you 20 minutes, even if it's four hours away. Same thing. Everything was five minutes ago. Yeah. Uh, so uh, basically, we decided to, uh, and I've read the Omnibus, I think, which was the first 25 issues previously, um, and I think I even read more than that because I really like the book, Charlie. So, and I think Charlie, you've only read the first volume, which is four episode issues. Yes. And Alex, how long? How much have you read? I mean, at, at one point, I'd read it all, and I've gone back and I've refreshed it up through, uh, like issue 10 or 12, and I'm I'm working through it. Right now on a comicsology uh, free month. So. Oh, gotcha. We, Good idea. We, yeah, we swear by comicsology uh, because I am um, until recently when I kind of gave up um, monthly comics altogether. I would get a lot of monthly comics that way, but even with the Marvel codes I got, I would apply them and then I would read them from comicsology. So, but I've got such a backlog with, with just with stuff I read for our basically three of our four podcasts that I'm on, which Star Wars, Star Trek, and then this. I got enough comics to read that I can get from Comixology Unlimited, the the borrowing service. So, to me, the best value out there. And please send us your checks. We appreciate it. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a it's a fantastic deal. And once again, there's a lot of Invincible out there in Comixology. I think it goes up to volume 11, which would essentially get you about 50 issues somewhere around there. So definitely, you can continue to read this because. Um, and I will say this: uh, reading the comic volume one doesn't it, it, it kind of has a weird pacing where if you're watching the tv show um you have to read a lot more it's not just the first volume to even get to the things that they cover in this some things that are covered in this uh this like episode one aren't even covered in the first trade paperback so it's the pacing and the way they they structure the story is different but um and, and we'll just start here basically the the the, the, the comics uh the comic translation after reading it looking back um they did a fantastic job of really taking pieces directly from the comic and translating them into the animated series. The art style is very much very close to it. Uh, some of the dialogue is very spot on. Uh, the shots they used. And I was really impressed. I mean, what did you guys think in regards to like taking a comic book and then putting it into an animated fashion? Kind of frame by frame. I, I definitely saw... Uh, some things in there that I thought kind of transitionally wise made for good storytelling. I'll probably go with the super unpopular opinion that the comic, at least that I read, I thought the art was absolutely terrible. I don't know. Did anybody else even – was that even a blip on anybody else's radar? I just thought it looked very blocky and scribbled. I don't well, know. I, I, I like that. I all right, that's fine. I guess that's I just mean, me then. Well, no, it's – I mean you got to remember Corey Walker is the, is the designer, he's, and he's there for the first, I don't know what, year of the comic book. And then Ryan Otley pencils all the rest of it for the next 12 years oh, before wow. Corey Walker comes back. So oh, clearly gotcha. okay. a lot of people didn't like Corey Walker's artwork. Yeah. 
I guess. Well, okay, it's like well. uh, it's like I was like Charlie Adlard who did The Walking Dead. He was only there for like the first five issues, and then yeah, exactly. he left, and it became uh, I forgot what the guy who replaced Tony him. Moore. Yeah, Tony Moore, and he's more you know, uh, it's more synonymous with the book. Yeah. Right. Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. So this I don't maybe Kirkman's just that horrible to work with. People are like I I can't do six months with this fucking guy. And well, just, he seems out. to get once he once he finds somebody that meets he's, he has a long partnership with them once yeah. they actually. So yeah, yeah. He, he I, is, you may yeah. Like better. yeah, I I would say that that Kirkman is probably one of the more successful guys in the last twenty years, independent of the whole Marvel DC system, wouldn't you say? I mean, after the big renaissance of McFarlane and Liefeld and blah blah blah, Kirkman seems to be the dude. I think that has been really successful. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, he's he's probably the most successful independent creator. Mm-hmm. in a long long time because i mean right. you typically are the the big big names are coming out of you know the the, the dc and the marvel uh invincible started uh image i believe the walking dead started at image as well so and he's actually a uh, founder well he's one of the um i don't know executive presidents or whatever of of in uh of image as well so he's he's got a stake in that he he you know joined that team <laughs> But yeah, uh, and and you know he knows how to translate his books into TV because he's done it successfully with Walking Dead, and now uh, obviously this is another way that he can take his stuff in animated fashion as well. So he knows how to translate his page to the screen. So um, that's great, right? I mean, it's it's amazing when you get that. They don't they don't butcher the thing you put together. They've really brought it together. Um, so we, we've got this. So uh, what I would say is the first episode of the of the uh of the tv series um it's long these episodes are longer than i expected i thought they were gonna be like 22 minutes long some are 45 minutes right um, yeah it's kind of yeah, yeah kind of random like that uh, yeah it's bizarre yeah and there's a stinger at the end of every episode so it, do- it doesn't really feel like it's a stinger but it feels like it's weird how they're doing that because it's like the credits end or the credits are starting to roll and here's some more uh, um part of the episode so it's an interesting take i mean obviously with mcu and things like that um and then um the first episode if you were if you didn't if you got bored with it first i could see it's kind of slow moving you know what's going to happen the final end of the first episode which i don't want to spoil it but man oh man that tells you where the show is headed whoa big time yeah it was uh, uh shocking shocking to see the least of, of, of uh, and not really what i would expect and yeah i'm real curious to see where that goes i wasn't certain exactly what the the tilt is with omni man who is i always love to point out is voiced by jk simmons who is from my hometown of gross point michigan there we go famous people famous michigan people i love it he uh i mean it again without spoiling things too much um but it's it's one of those symptoms, you know, Invincible, Walking Dead, um, I could point at a popular fiction that was coming out at the time in the science fiction fantasy world, like uh, Joe Abercrombie's first law series, which my friend described as Lord of the Rings, but what if Gandalf was a dick? <laughs> um, you know, like so the, inv- like, Invincible like is like, Invincible is your dad's Superman, but what if he's a dick? <laughs> that is, you know, like I said, what if the, just like with the boys, what if the Justice League were all uh, homicidal sociopaths and right. they're dicks? Right. Yeah, I mean, there's been multiple takes on that. I mean, which has kind of been interesting. I, I think it was Mark Wade. He did, God, what was the name of the book? 
where it was basically the Superman character became just a despot and he was horrible. I mean, just it's uh, injustice. No, that's the that's the game. But there's a yeah, something like that. It was a, the next project he did after Kingdom Come. Yeah, I'm trying to remember the name of it, but it was it was an excellent series. But yeah, it was once again just the, the ultimate power corrupts. Oh, incorruptible. There we go. That's the series. I kind of got there. Ultimate power is incorruptible. Yes, exactly. So, um, but the voice cast on the series, your point, oh, Charlie. My God. It is. It is. You know, Walton Goggins is kind of the man behind the scenes, pulling the strings. Uh, you've got uh, Seth Rogen as the, uh, the 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 weird alien yes. uh, who you meet. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, Sim Young from uh, The Walking Dead. Obviously, he knows the guy. Um, right. Zay Zay Beats is is a love interest. Right. Um, and what's his name? The the what, I've always forget his name. Jason Metzopoulos. Yeah, yeah, is uh, Pimento. Rexplode, yeah. yes, yes. Rexplode, and, <laughs> he, and, he, and he's yeah, just a he's just a general dickwad. Is duplicate these he's showering with the three of them? Sorry, oh sorry, is that a spoiler? Oh my god, uh, yeah, it's not bit. too much of a spoiler. Sorry, um, but my favorite was your big bad at the end of season five or episode five. Uh, the big you know feral lion creature was Michael Dorn. Warp. Yes, it was so perfect. Yeah. I mean, that's that's sort of the theme of Invincible, though. In the comic book, you know, it's kind of like a giant, you know, 144 issues of fan service, but not like uh, to a particular uh, series or something. It's just, you know, Kirkman packs it in with, you know, you know, homages to Star Trek characters and DC Comics characters, Marvel Comics characters. He's even got uh, a guy in there who's... Uh, I mean, like there's a, a, a supervillain uh, sort of who is uh, effectively what's the from Superman two you know the Zod's female sidekick what's her oh, name Ur- oh. Ursa yeah Ursa I think there, that, yeah there's an Ursa analog in uh in Invincible you know and uh, from you know, she's from Omni Man's home planet and uh, just. Like he's got all this stuff in there, and it's it's popping up in the series too. You know, they bring in Damian Darkblood a lot sooner in the story than they do in the uh, the comic, yeah. In the comic, and you know, of course, he's the he's Rorschach, but he's also Etrigan Detective Hellboy. And Hellboy, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. So it's it's just like it's great because it, it's like Kirkman sat down at this giant you know nerd buffet. And put one of everything on his on this giant plate and turn it into a really cool comic book. Right, right. Yeah, the the dude's got skills. I mean, I I enjoyed the Walking Dead comic. I know Todd and I both kind of fell off of it at a certain point. Uh, and the show for me. Yeah, and then uh, you know I, I watched the show and April is vastly more interested in it than I am. So we do still kind of plug along, but. They, they got so far away from what I enjoyed about the comic, which again I stopped reading the comic when I stopped enjoying it. But I did I did tune back in for the last couple issues of The Walking Dead, and I really did enjoy those last th- that last arc, which I caught the end of it, and then the the standalone final issue where they did a jump forward, and it was about uh, it was about Carl in the future. Uh, and on the show, you don't even have Rick or Carl or really almost any of the other characters, so. Yeah, very very disparate and indifferent, which it sounds like this took this series versus what was adapted from definitely did take some different liberties and turns. Yeah, it's it's definitely the the, the pacing and the way they think bring things bring things in differently. Like the 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 end of episode one, 
you don't get that in the comics until much later. Um, yeah. I think it was like episode or you know, issue ten or twelve or something like that. So the way they're doing it, they've changed some things up. The you know the characters. Um, I, I do like the fact that in the Image comic book, you've got like Savage Dragon. It's they're part of the Image universe of those heroes. Uh, they're not in here. Maybe they don't have the rights, whatever. But um, yeah, I, I think they've 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 played with tropes of characters from like a Batman analog. You've got all these different analogs that are similar to characters you've seen before, which are make, would make, which makes it very entertaining. Uh, then you have different storylines as we get through this, which take the story in different places than you see in the comic book in certain times. So they may get to it in the comic book later or the same thing. They may get to the, uh, the, the part in the comic book at a different point. So I, I do like how they touch upon the different storylines of the comic, put them in here in a way that works better probably for tv than it does in the comic book so i like it um like the maharasharla ali yes that yes that guy yeah he he plays a character that you first don't think is going to have any play in the show and then you find out he kind of does which i which i liked i like that tweak it was very cool um and you you do this is over the top show basically you don't know who's going to live who's going to die and um yeah i've really enjoyed this uh, a lot so I'm, i'm looking forward more um i think it's i don't know how many episodes like i said i don't know how many episodes this is going to be but i'm along for the ride yeah it's it's exciting i I do think one thing that they've done already is they fixed a major narrative weakness from the comic book with the damian dark blood cecil stedman storyline and they they brought they they brought all that information up to the audience and it made both Cecil Stedman and Damien Darkblood into stronger characters. And if you, if you watch it, like uh, if you read the comic book, they're kind of almost buffoonish because they, they got a short event horizon. But uh, now, you know, Cecil's sort of playing a long game. He's almost like Amanda Waller. Yeah. Which is really exciting to see a character who, you know, Kirkman's like, yeah, I didn't do a good job with that. Now they're really doing a good job with it. That's a good take. Yeah, you get to, sometimes you get a chance to tweak something you didn't think you liked how it played out because it's already out there. Um, yeah, it's going to be eight episodes, so we've got three more. Um, I'm glad we get it. We're getting these things. I know people said, you know, um, if you're tired of Marvel and DC, I'm glad to see we're getting stuff that's not in that wheelhouse in on different networks and things like that. So Netflix uh, has things. Amazon Prime has things. Hulu. Um, we really have uh, unlimited choice, and I'm glad to see more of these things available. Back in the old days of like three three TV stations, we would have never gotten this show on NBC, ABC, or Fox. Right. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Even in the the beginnings of HBO or something like that, that it just it just was not done. What was the first big adult animated thing you can think of, like heavy metal in the 80s, which I've never seen. Yeah. But I'm I'm certainly familiar with it. Um, But yeah, now it is just uh, very commonplace to tell stories in this fashion and not have it be like, I don't want my kids to watch it because, you know. People know, with the exception of you know the mom that takes her six year old to see Deadpool, most people know better. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) And let's let's not forget that they tried to do Invincible once before as a motion comic on MTV two, and it was a terrible disaster. Yeah, Yeah. motion comics. Yeah, that's that's a trend that never. It's it's right up there with Pogs for things that just never played out. (laughs) Oh well, oh well. Well, that is it for Invincible, folks. Check it out. Enjoy. Read the comic. Watch the show. They're a little bit different. But both good. So I, I think, you know, if you don't like one, maybe you like the other one better or maybe you like both. So check it out. Uh, three more episodes remain, but lots of issues on Comixology exist if you want to read the whole arc. 
Yes, and uh, which I certainly might. But uh, yeah, that um, that really does it for our show. Uh, Alex, are you uh, out there in the social media sphere that people should find you, or people should just stay the hell away? I mean, it doesn't matter. I'm you know I, I'm employed by the county, so I'm a public figure. I'm on everything: Twitter, Facebook, Insty, whatever. Gotcha. But but still, basically keeping it uh, keeping it lowish profile. You you don't do, you're not like Oxford and I, you know, outlaws out doing crazy stuff. No, the, the craziest stuff I do is uh, sometimes I go to bed after 10. What the hell? Oh, my <laughs> God. You're out of here. We're not dealing with anything crazy, crazy shit like that. Well, well, cool, man. It's awesome to have you join us. And again, Alex and I uh, have not seen each other in many years, but we've known each other for 30 years, which is totally over 30 years, which is totally insane. But I live up here and he lives down there. So the beauty of social media is that it is easy to connect with everyone and with podcasts, we can talk to each other as well. So um, anyway, friends, as always, thank you for joining us. We are a part of the Secret Friends Unite podcasting network encompassing of this wonderful program, which we've been doing since 2014, where we talk about geek culture uh, a la carte. Uh, it's Todd and myself. Co-op mode is done by Todd and our uh, shared cosplay wife, Mark Carabin, the Canardian. Uh They talk about video games every other week. Uh, on a weekly basis, on a Monday, I have a show called Code 47. We talk about Star Trek. That is with uh, partners Rich and Aaron. And then Mark and I team up for the Holocron Chronicles, talking about Star Wars, uh, both doing a canon update and a topic uh, every other week. So we are coming at your ear holes every week, multiple times. Uh, and we would love your support. Uh, please visit us at, on the podcasting service of your choice. Uh, and our episodes are also mirrored on YouTube. Please uh, like, rate, and share us on those services. Definitely does help uh, increase the visibility of our program. We're over on Twitter, at SecretFriendsU. Drop us a line. Let us know something uh, that you're enjoying, a question for the uh, a question for us, uh, a thought about the show, a review, and we will gladly talk about it on air. Finally, uh, to plug the uh, monetary aspect of it, we do have a merchandise store over on TeePublic. Shirts, hoodies, Rich and I were bitching out the fact that they don't make hats. I would love it if they made hats, but what are you going to do? You can't have everything. Uh, they make masks, uh, stickers, wall art, blah, blah, blah. Lots of great fun stuff. Um, proceeds of that do actually financially benefit the show and some of the things that we uh, are planning to do and just basically kind of keeping us going. And they do have, at the time you uh, listen to this when it comes out uh, later this week, they do have a sale going on March uh, 14, 15, and 16, up to 35% off. Uh, so please feel free to tune in. Uh, there at that website, there are uh, logoed uh, merchandise for all of our Secret Friend shows. So we will look forward to having you sharing the love and supporting us out there. So that being said, Thank you again one time for joining us. I'm going to tell you, as always, that sharing is caring and to keep on trucking. Be the hero, not the villain. In a truck. Transform and roll out. In the not-too-distant future, next Sunday, AD, there was a guy named Joel, not too different from you or me. He worked at Gizmonic Institute, just another face in a red jumpsuit. Did a good job cleaning up the place, but his bosses didn't like him, so they shot him in the space. We'll send the cheesy movies, the worst 